0: All right, my guests today are Mark and Jessica Snyder. Hi, guys. Hi.
1: Hey, how's it going? (laughs)
0: I met these guys when they were hired on staff at my church four or five years ago. And after hearing them share their testimony one Sunday, I would say you guys' story is a story of just obedience and the adventure that comes with saying yes to God, even when you don't really understand or can see clearly what he's doing. And so why don't you guys start by sharing a little bit about your story um, before you kind of understood that there was a little bit more than what you had previously understood about God.
1: Let's see. I grew up in a Christian home. When I was about six or seven is when I was, I believe I was truly born again. Um, we were actually at, my parents were at a Bible study. I was outside with a friend and a swing said it was dark out. And he was talking about hell a lot, which kind of freaked me out. And then on the ride home, I was scared and kept crying. And my dad pulled the van over and explained to me the gospel, how Jesus paid for my sins and I could be born again. He actually used John 3.16 and then Romans three. 23 and 623 and so I I truly believe I was truly born again because a a supernatural peace came over me and I was changed from the inside and then I struggled from 9th through 11th grade Um, I made a decision I was going to be popular I wanted to have friends and I went to a public school so I did whatever that took and then the summer before my senior year I was miserable it's funny you go after these things to find joy and they just make you more miserable And um, I went to a camp with my cousins because I heard there was a lot of girls there and there was sports, but it was actually a Christian camp. And one night a guy was speaking. I felt like he was speaking directly to me. Long story short, I felt like during the message, and I would never, ever cry, ever. I did not. I was just all about how people thought about me. But I could not stop what I felt like this emotion that was coming from inside my gut. And then all of a sudden I just started bawling, and I felt like Jesus was pouring liquid love on me is what I would call what I would call, and it just changed me, and I knew I was called into full-time ministry at that point, which is where I met my wife, was where I went to college, um, Baptist Bible College, actually, and I was trained for ministry there, Um, and then we went into full-time ministry, so I'll let Jess kind of share her story a little bit.
2: So I grew up in a Christian home. My parents were both saved, and we went to Christian school and the Baptist church in town. And so I was about two or three and my mom had another son. He ended up dying right before he was one. And I don't remember any part of that. I don't remember the funeral or any of that. I really believe the Lord protected my heart and mind through all that trauma. But um, you know, we would look at pictures of him. He was all she always had his picture on the wall and photo albums and so I was always asking questions about where he was and what happened. And so I was probably eight or nine. And I just remember having a conversation with my dad after he had tucked me in one night and um, just said, you know, I don't, I want to see Jason when I, when I die. And he so, you know, explained to me I was a sinner and Christ died for my sins and walked me through that. And um, so I believe at that point is you know, when I was saved, when I realized what I had done, what Christ did for me and accepted him. And so I was in junior high and we got a new youth pastor and his wife and she began to mentor me. And so that the Lord just gave me a desire to be in ministry. I wanted to do that. I wanted to be there for other girls or women that maybe didn't have a good relationship with their mom or didn't have anyone to talk to. So I wanted to do that. And so I went to Bible college and that's where I met Mark. And we were married, and yeah, we started ministry right after we got married.
0: You're doing ministry, and the Holy Spirit, like He does, Mm -hmm. starts speaking to one of you or both of you.
1: Well, so we were in New York teaching at a small Christian school, and I was part-time at a church, again, still Fundamental Baptist. And we had our second daughter, and our first daughter was like, you couldn't even tell she was around. She never cried, honestly, unless there was something wrong and our second daughter was the total opposite of that. She never wasn't crying. And so after about a week of that, I just looked at Jess and just said, if this is all there is in Christianity, I'm out. And we're going to figure something else out. But I'm, I can't keep doing this. And when I said that, I really meant it. And it it like shifted. the It sent something into the atmosphere. And God, um, God responded to that. And then about a week later, we were at a uh, garage sale. And I was pushing around my daughter to try to get her away from Jess, she was in a uh, stroller, and I found this book and something inside of me, which I didn't believe God spoke to outside of the Bible, literally, I just didn't believe in that, but something inside of me said, you need to read this book, and it was a D.L. Moody autobiography, and honestly, it looked real boring when I looked at it, so I just put it down, I'm like, nah, and then this hand got put on my shoulder, and I turned and looked, and it was the guy that was running the whole garage sale, and he said, hey, you can have that for free, and I was like, oh, awesome, man. Then I was ready to walk away, but he didn't leave. He just kept staring at me, so I'm like, I better take this book, but that was totally God. That was totally how the Holy Spirit really began our journey, Um, and if you know D.L. Moody, there's nothing crazy there, which was good that it started that way for me, but um, two things hit me as I started. I literally devoured this book. I've, I've never read anything like I did this book. I couldn't put it down. I would take it everywhere with me. Um, I think my wife thought something was wrong with me actually how much I was reading it, but I kept telling her about it. And I realized as I started reading it, there's two things. Number one, uh, DL Moody knew God like I didn't, but I wanted to. And number two, God flowed through DL Moody. Like he's never flowed through me. And I wanted that. And then I got, I remember it like it was yesterday. I got to a specific part in the story of D.L. Moody where he talks about the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit came upon him. And he spent a whole day in a hotel room just weeping before the Lord with his joy because the Holy Spirit came upon him. And I put the book down. I said, Jess, that's exactly what we need. That's exactly what I'm looking for. I have to have that. And so that's kind of how the journey started from my perspective. So Jess, maybe you can share yours.
2: So Yeah, our second daughter was not a joy when she came home. There, like Mark said, was not really a minute where she wasn't screaming or crying. Um, And so just to be brutally honest, it was really hard on our marriage and on our friendship. (laughs) And so it was stressful. And so, yeah, he just one day was like, there has to be more than this. There has to be more than just going to church on Sunday reading your Bible, praying, and then it's awful through the week. There has to be more. And so, I mean, I watched him read that book. Literally, it went everywhere with us. It was us, the girls, and D.L. Moody. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm watching him read it and just observing and seeing him go after that. And I've seen him go after things before, you know, go through weeks of getting up really early and praying and but then, kind of shifting back out of that. But this D.L. Moody stuck with him, and I could tell it changed something in him as he was reading it.
0: So you said that when you were reading the book about Dale Moody, he ha- he knew God in a way that you didn't, and God used him and flowed through him in a way that it didn't through he that God didn't through you. So can you explain what you meant by that? Like what you saw in his relationship with the Holy Spirit that that you desired?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say number one. He had a joy to go be alone with God. And honestly I didn't. And I knew I was missing something there. It was a religious duty. And so as Jess was saying, I'd seen Mark go through weeks. It's because it was all flesh. So my flesh would be strong, but flesh brings death, never brings life. So I would say that was number one. He would get up early and he had this time with the Lord that that was joyful. Number two, after his experience with the Holy Spirit, there was a peace over him, a settledness that I had never known, and just a joy that just emanated from him and then number three he just constantly was powerfully leading people to salvation to be born again and i wanted that i wanted that power i wanted that what he carried so i love your story that it was you the girls and
0: d.l moody driving everywhere that she went that's so awesome So I know my experience with um, getting baptized with the Holy Spirit was a very peaceful, calm, quiet experience for myself. And God does it in every different possible way. Um, But yours was completely different than that. So uh, which one of you wants to share about that?
1: I can share what happened with me and then maybe you can share your experience. So for me, I started getting hungry. And this lady at our school, she's like an undercover charismatic is what I call her. She's amazing. God was telling her, put this book in Mark's box at the school. And so the first one was um, a David Wilkerson book. And then she put a Smith Wigglesworth book in there. And that kind of I started reading about it. I'm like, yes, you know, God still heals. And, and then I read about him raising the dead. And I was like, my mind was getting very offended, but my heart was getting very hungry. And I'm like, well, I believe God can heal a leg, but I don't know about raising the dead. And,
0: the point that you said was so amazing. My mind was getting offended, but my heart was drawn into it. Explain what you mean by that.
1: So my mind was religiously trained to not believe in that stuff. So as I read this stuff, my unrenewed mind didn't know what to do with it, and it was making it go nuts, and radars were going off. But my heart was leaping out of me, literally grabbing this stuff. And so eventually my heart overtook my mind, and then my mind got renewed, and I would find all these things in Scripture. Another thing about our journey that's interesting, because I'm very passionate about Scripture too, I would have these experiences with God, and then find them in Scripture. It was just amazing how God did that for me. And so, so anyway, so I, there was this kid that was going to our school whose dad was Pentecostal, and I said, "Dude, would your dad be willing to talk to me?" But he can't tell anybody, or I could get fired, basically for real. And he's like, "Yeah, my dad would love it." So I, I ran, I drove over to his dad's that day, and I just said, "Dude, I am so hungry for God. I know there's more, but I don't know what it is. Can you help me?" And he had literally. This guy had such joy on his face, like, you are so hungry, that's so amazing, he had tears in his eyes, and he gave me this book, it was 40 questions about the Holy Spirit, and he's like, read this, and I think this, you'll find what you're looking for, whatever, and so I started reading it, and I read about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and so I just started asking the Lord for it, and one day, I was in our living room, and the Lord said, go lay down on your bed, I'm about to come upon you, Acts one eight, when the Spirit comes upon you, and I'm like, okay, so I went to the room and shut the door and laid down, and he said, the Spirit of God said, um, get ready, I'm coming on you now. And he came upon me. And for me, what happened was from deep in my gut, these groans came out. Romans 8 says the Spirit groan with groanings too deep for words. He intercedes with groaning too deep for words. Literally groanings came out of me from deep within. And this part, I don't want it to offend anybody. This is what happened. I started to feel as though I was drunk. And in high school, I would get drunk with alcohol. And I had never experienced getting drunk in the spirit like this, but I felt amazing. And then this, what it sounded like to my mind, gibberish was coming out of my, but it was flowing. I couldn't stop it. And so I immediately called my brother, who was on a similar journey with me, and one of my best friends. And they're both like, dude, you sound like you're drunk. I said, I know. I don't know what's going on. I couldn't stop groaning, not knowing that my wife was listening outside the door, like, what is going on with my husband? So that was my... Experience and then when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I literally for three straight days he did not stop talking to me in sentences about everything. I mean, it was like I was on in a different world. For it was it was three straight days. It was actually almost overwhelming. I told Jess, I said, "I don't know how much longer." I could. He's literally speaking to me nonstop. I can't even hardly function, but it was amazing. So that was my experience with the baptism.
2: So mine came maybe a year and a half later yeah so we were living in new york at that point and then we had moved to west palm beach which that's a story in itself god had we had lived there previously when we first got married that's where we moved and then we were pregnant with our first daughter we moved to new york and then when we were there we had said we will never go back to west palm and do youth anytime you
0: say never with god (laughs) You're pretty much going to do exactly what you said.
2: Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> we, um, one day Mark had been praying and came out and he said, I feel like the Lord just spoke to me and said, we're moving back to Florida. And I was like, well, that's crazy. Cause we said we'd never move back, but it's really cold here. And we had both grown up in Pennsylvania, New York. So we knew what it was like, but experiencing warmth all year long and then going back to it was not fun. So we were like, okay, Florida, <laughs> Florida sounding good about mid-October. So, um. Three months to the day, our previous church had called and said, we don't know why, but you're on our hearts and minds. Would you be willing to come back? And we said, yes, we've been praying about this for three months. So, yes, we are ready to come back. So we moved to West Palm, and then we were there for like two years. Long story, but God had told us to sell our house and move and um, gave us an exact number, and that's what we sold it for. And um, we'd moved to North Carolina, And that story didn't, you know, didn't go as we had planned. It wasn't what we had expected, but if he would have told us what it would have been like, we probably would have said no. So we had said yes and moved. And I went to a women's conference at the church that we were attending. Um, Drenda Cassie was there and she was speaking and I just knew that I was going to receive the baptism there. And so it was the last session and she had said, we're going to pray for everyone to receive the baptism that wants it. And then something else happened. She got distracted and they didn't end up doing that. And I was like, no, I am not leaving here (laughs) until I get this. And so I waited in line forever. Um, She was signing books and all that other stuff. And I went up and I said, I just believe that I'm supposed to receive the baptism. So would you pray for me? And so all she did was put her hands on my face and start praying and out it came she said, open your mouth. And so I did. And it just came and it was kind of like stuttering is how I would describe it at first. Like, sounded like I was stuttering, <laughs> but the Holy Spirit just grew it and till it became my language. And so that's how I received mine.
0: So that's kind of, um, a lot of times people think of that as like the end goal with the Holy Spirit is getting baptized with the Holy Spirit. But when you get that then all of a sudden you realize it's kind of the beginning of everything. Since you guys got baptized with the Holy Spirit, like how have you seen like the more of God come to fruition in your life, you know, through that?
1: Yeah, I guess I would just say one thing real quick before I specifically answer that question. Baptism was amazing. Um the things we've seen are amazing. We're believing for more, a lot more than we're seeing right now as far as power and gifts and all that, but I would say the, the number one thing that will keep you rooted and grounded in life, the number one thing, that sat, the only thing that will satisfy, the only thing that really gives life is relationship with Holy Spirit, that fellowship where I can't know Jesus apart from him. And when I say relationship with, fellowship with Holy Spirit, he makes Jesus known to me. I am so much more in love with Jesus because of Holy Spirit. And I know the Father because of Holy Spirit. Without him, I would have none of that. So he is amazing and key to all that. But for me, it's all about that relationship. Everything flows out of that. And that I just did not know. I never would have conceived in my mind or heart that this is even possible to know him like this, that intimately. And so we started to see healings in our home. One day, our daughter was throwing up literally every evening. 20 to 30 seconds I mean, it was scary she was young she was laying like lifeless in my arms and then the Lord just spoke to me and said you pray for her and so I was just rocking her praying watching her throw up every 20 to 30 seconds and um all of a sudden he said you're done you don't need to pray anymore she's healed so I gave her to Jess and I said she's healed but I'm gonna run to the store and grab medicine because I'm confident now that you'll be okay with her and I literally this store was literally not even a quarter of a mile and i drove there back. I was probably gone a minute minute and a half and I get back to the house and she's running to the door. So we started seeing stuff like that. We saw her knees healed supernaturally. And then I saw a kids kneel knee super hatched his knees supernaturally healed at the school. We just started seeing little outbursts of power. We also started to see like when you said when Jess said I knew I was supposed to get the baptism. I think that's one of the first things we really it's this Word of knowledge. We just knew things when we were praying, and we would just know things being around people. Um, and revival started to break out at the Christian school I was at in New York. And these kids, we'd come together on a Saturday, do a Bible study, and pray from literally nine at night till one, two in the morning. And it was all because we were experiencing God. And for us, the demonic came in right away, too. Uh, we saw a lot of demonic stuff, but we saw them leave. We were able to deal with them and get deliverance and freedom in different areas. And so,
0: Since all that happened, like, how has your life changed? Um, And you you describe some of that, too, and and kind of what you're doing now. also.
2: Yeah, I would say just everything flows so much more freely. Receive the baptism, you get your gift of pray. Your prayer life is completely
0: different. Let me ask you a question about that, Um, because you mentioned tongues, and I think that can sometimes be a very divisive word for people to hear that aren't used to that, and so from your background, based on what you've said, I would believe that you probably were not taught that tongues was something that was for today. Some people have a lot of fear. I know I had a lot of fear about it. Um, I thought it was very weird, and I did not want any part of it, but um, so how did you kind of uh, reconcile that with the past, or how how did you kind of get over that if that was a hindrance for you?
2: So for me, after we had moved to... North Carolina. I had always had, not always, but I had started having problems with my knees. And Mark mentioned that they were supernaturally healed. So we had moved in. We moved in all by ourselves. So we were tired. And I just remember one day literally climbing up the stairs and crawling into our bedroom and saying, I can't do this anymore. I am in so much pain. And so he just laid his hands on me and prayed and it was done. And... So, from that point on, it was kind of like, I can't go back. So, whatever there is that he has to give to us has to be amazing because I cannot go back. We just experienced too much. You know, we've had dreams, we had visions of things, and then actually saw them come to fruition. And, like Mark said, healings and just words like we knew things. And, but I think just, yeah, me, I like we grew up, I grew up. Tongues were not for today. Healings were not for today. Miracles were not happening today. Like all that stuff was non-existent. We weren't taught about it. And we kind of, Holy Spirit led us on this journey. We didn't have a community of people around us to bounce things off of or to encourage us. And like Mark said, we started with a demonic right away. Like we, he started us there. Like, all right, well, here you go. Yeah, you just, we've experienced too much. You couldn't, there was no going back.
1: So another thing that's cool is these kids I was leading in these prayer things, one of the kids came up to me and he's like, and this is before I had received the baptism. He's like, Pastor Mark, I pray in tongues now. I don't know what to do with it. And I had never, I didn't know anything about it. We had, I'd never heard it. I mean, that stuff was so taboo or whatever that I just never even seen it. So I wasn't in an environment where I saw it abused. I just never seen it. So I said, man, I said, I want to, can you, you can just do it whenever. He's like, yeah. So I'm like, well, Here's what we're going to do. So I pulled him into my classroom, locked the door. I felt like I had to pull shades down and everything. He would get fired for that. like we were dealing drugs or something. And I'm like, go for it, man. And he started praying in tongues. And it was the most beautiful language and clear I had ever heard in my life. And I just knew that's that's the real deal. Because it was a it was a known language, yeah. Visions, dreams, but I would say another again this relationship thing and just the what I call the manifest presence, right? Oh, God's here, but I'm talking about God is here, and the whole atmosphere in the room, the energy in the room, all this stuff changes, and there's a divine being in the room, and it's God, and then His love comes in. It's it's not. It's beautiful I mean, we've had experience I've had experiences where I'll wake up in the middle of the night and he's just there and it's overwhelming at first to like almost like this fear of the Lord but then his his peace just comes upon us and I think that's something that we've that we will never go back because of the, that relationship and that experiential pres- we will never go back ever
0: so what are you doing now tell everybody
1: so we are serving at a church in Hillsborough, North Carolina that Hope Chapel, the church you're at, had sent us out of. We were youth pastors there, or I was the youth pastor there, and they sent us here to help relaunch this church, and so I'm an associate pastor there. We also have a small Christian school that we're seeking to build. I've got a lot of responsibilities there, um, so we're serving there right now, and Jess is watching um, some kids at our home and is had a great, great ministry with the kids and the families there.
0: And the last question I have for you is, um, thinking about, uh, who you were back then before you had kind of this understanding of the more of God, like thinking about that, like, what would you wish that somebody had come and told you that would have made things easier for you to kind of move forward, um, getting to know him? So
2: for me, we, (laughs) I think the first time we experienced this was at Hope Chapel and Brian had said, we're all learning and it's okay to make mistakes. If you think you have a prophetic word and you get it wrong, that's okay. We're all learning. And for me, that's it. Like you're not, we are learning. It's a journey and you're always growing in it and you never perfect it. And so just knowing that, that it's okay to make mistakes and that you're free to do that. And he wants you to do that. It's how we learn. It's how we grow. It's how we encourage each other. And also, I think Mark had talked about this a little bit, just his love, just how much he yearns for us to walk in these things. And he wants his kingdom here. And he can't do that. He can't release his kingdom here on earth unless we're willing to partner with him and walk with him in these things. Um, We bring it. He releases it through us and then we bring it to everyone we encounter. Every place you go, you have an opportunity to bring the kingdom and to manifest his love and his power.
1: Mm, That's good. Got me fired up. Um, I guess for me, number one is I wish somebody... Although you look back, it was awesome because our journey's just with God. Until we came to chap, we had nobody except a few friends that were walking through this too. But nobody that was right there with us. But um, focus on yielding, surrendering, waiting, and receiving as opposed to striving and trying to get your breakthrough. Because a lot of times that will totally inhibit what God wants to do because it's out of flow. Not out of me striving. When I strive, it's me striving. And the flesh and the spirit don't mix. Um, I would say number two is this is a relationship. Don't be afraid to enjoy it. Enjoy the relationship with God. He's so pleased with you already. Christ really has taken care of all of your sins. It really is free access. Enjoy God. And then just, I guess the third thing for me would just to have somebody continually speak life and encouragement into us. Hey, keep going. Hey, that's okay. Keep going. Yeah, so that, that's what I would say are those three things.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing your story. I'd love to have you close in prayer, just praying for the people that might be listening today.
1: Yes. So we, guys, as I, just whoever's listening, when I pray now, I always, I choose to welcome Holy Spirit. I don't pray to Him, but I fellowship with Him. And I seek to turn my heart to Him because the Bible says we're to pray in the Spirit at all times. Pray empowered by the Spirit. The Bible says that He intercedes for us with words too deep, with groanings too deep for words. And so I always just welcome Holy Spirit. Is He here? Yeah, but there's something about putting our attention on Him where we can experientially connect with Him. So I'll just say, because He's a real person. He's not an it. He's not a power source. He's a person. So I'll just say, Holy Spirit, I so welcome You. I so appreciate you in my life. You work in me to will and act according to the Father's good pleasure. I need you. I have nothing without you. I surrender to you. And I ask you to help me pray. Your gifts are free here. You are free to move during this prayer even. So, Father, I thank you for all that you've done in our lives. I thank you for so many people on a similar journey. And I ask that these words somehow some of them would just penetrate hearts and give people exactly what they need in that moment i thank you that you're patient and that you're good and that you're powerful and so we just by faith release your presence into whoever's listening into the room so they would know what we're talking about when we talk about the manifest presence
0: holy
2: spirit i just ask that you would that you would lift blinders that you would lift veils off of hearts and eyes so that anyone who's listening could see you with father's eyes they could just be open to what the father has and i declare yes freedom declare freedom to hearts and freedom to minds that minds would be released to just accept what what you have for them that you have so much more for them that they're not stuck where they're at that they don't have to keep repeating patterns after patterns, that they don't have to live in religion, that they don't have to live in bondage, but you have so much more for them. You have so much freedom and so much love to offer them, and so we thank you for the work that you're doing and the work that you're going to do, and I pray for people to come alongside them. Like Mark had said earlier, those undercover, (laughs) undercover people that you bring in, just to encourage and speak life and sow seeds. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for the fact that you you nurture those seeds that are planted, that you want to see them thrive and grow. So we just declare freedom and grace and understanding and relationship. In Jesus' name.